I've got a headline for you, Ed. Imagine if the IHS report, like if it's the headline was um, driver's licensing struggles <laughs> to to eliminate most crashes. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that's the reality. It is. Hello and welcome to the Atonicast. As always, I'm Alex Roy, the founder of the No Parking Podcast and frequently cranky co-host. With my friends, who's next? And I'm Kirsten Korosek, the more fun one, and serious senior transportation reporter at TechCrunch. And I'm Ed Niedermeyer. I am the communications director of the Partners for Automated Vehicle Education. I'm also the custodian of all of Alex Roy's confiscated Nutella, which he is no longer allowed to consume on doctor's orders. And uh, we are here today uh, not to discuss Nutella, unfortunately. Um, a fun show with some really stupid stuff in it. Yeah. But we, yeah, we, we, I think we're, we're doing something a little different today. Uh, so buckle up. I think you're going to enjoy this. So have you guys, have you, did you guys uh, get a chance to watch Upload um, on Amazon, Amazon Prime? Oh, boy. I sure did, Ed. Because I remember Alex, you know, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks back briefly because Alex, I think you started watching it and like the first episode, which if you haven't watched it, features um, a, a, fa- a fatal, well, ultimately fatal uh, AV crash. Um, Alex, you you watched that episode and were so angered by it that you just stopped <laughs> watching, right? Well, the interesting thing, I mean, for we're not really giving anything away because it happens in the first 10 minutes about the show. Oh, by the way, hold on though. There probably have to be spoilers sure. well, that, uh, well, in this. So if you, if you are going to watch it, like I think you'll enjoy it even with the spoilers, but yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler. So there is in the first 10 minutes, there is so much. There are so many assumptions, not just about AVs. There's also an autonomous electric bicycle. Did you spot that? Of course. Yes. Yes. That was awesome. And uh, which, you know, in one of the early scenes, you've got uh, a guy takes this bicycle, he rides into his friend's house, gets off, and it rides itself away. Which, which by is- the way, I will note that in real life, there's at least one company that's working on an autonomous bike, and I'm sure there's more. To wait, Tortoise. No. Well, they're, they're doing scooters. No, this is bicycle. Who, what company is that? I'm not, I'm not familiar with them. We, we, um, I, I can't remember the name off the top of my head right now. I will think of it. I'll look it up. But um, yeah, they. I I learned about them when we were at one of the micromobility in, um, industries um, conferences last year. Um, and yeah, it's they've been working on an autonomous bicycle. Interesting. So actually, it's funny. I was just I was just trying to f- find a picture of the one from Upload, um, and I I'd completely forgotten about this Google. In 2016, their April Fool's prank was they did a video of an autonomous bicycle in, in the Netherlands. Really? Uh, and apparent, yeah. And I, I'd forgotten about it. 2016 was a long time ago, guys. Um, and apparently, uh, according to analyticsindiamag.com, uh, it, it was picked up as real news in China. Of course it was. <laughs> Which is one, just one example of why it's got to be so damn hard to write a show like upload or silicon valley because the reality is every bit is yeah weird. speaking of uh fun stuff in upload they also have uh, i don't know if you spotted it there's a, a, a vintage 
political poster on the wall that says Oprah Kamala 2024. You see that? (laughs) No, you didn't see that. No, Um, but there's, I I feel like there's a lot of that little stuff buried around. And you know, it's interesting, like the opening scenes, like the city or how people live in apartments is like very similar to what it would be like today. Like the scooters don't, and the bikes don't look any more impressive. They just scoot away or bicycle away on their own or you, you know, or you eat 3D printed food because fresh food is apparently a big deal. very wealthy. Uh, or when you die, you upload your brain to a, uh, a cloud. Right. There's that part. But all the scenes relatively like the office, like, you know, someone drinking a big gulp or whatever, like those types of pieces like are interwoven with the story. So it, it feels like there's a lot of like present day stuff woven in with like this very futuristic feel. And maybe that's what it will be like. Um, But I wanted to ask Alex's opinion on the first controversial sci-fi topic and upload. All right. So which is, which is, can I ask, what did you think about being able to pick pedestrian or occupant? We can't even go there yet. Because that, so that was that was later. Yeah, that wasn't later. in the first, the fir- the first, first episode. Let's talk about the okay. first episode where okay, Alex okay. just turned okay, it the off. Fir- actually, that is in the first episode. But, it's in the first okay. episode. It's okay. in a number but of episodes. The, fir- yeah. the first thing that really caught me is you've, you've got the main character who's this like 27-year-old handsome guy. He's he's a startup founder working. He knows code. The first time you- he's a tech bro. Yeah. Just, he's a, just he's a full tech what it bro. Is. He's a tech uh, bro. And he's, he's in an autonomous vehicle. There's a lot going on here. So strap in for my friends. He's in an autonomous vehicle on the 405 or the 10, somewhere in LA, right? It's LA. Okay. So Mm -hmm. he's in traffic. It appears that a hundred percent of the vehicles on the interstate commuting are autonomous. They're all moving at uniform speed. So a lot. And they're they're identical. identical. That was kind of weird. That's it. So you've got one provider of all these autonomous pods. it's Tesla. Okay. Tesla has, okay. has taken over the entire automobile. They have a hundred percent market share in the future. Uh, they have a tint mode, so you could seal the vehicle, and it the vehicles are capable of having a bed inside, which we'll get to later. He's commuting to work. He's got what appears to be uh, like like a interactive screen or head up display. He's talking to you know video chat with his business partner. There is a camera facing the interior of the vehicle. Uh, fully voice controllable interface, which has its own problems. Um, the camera has a shield, which can cover it on command to give privacy into the interior of the vehicle. And then at one point, um, I mean, there's so much, you can write a book about this. They, uh, he, he tells, he tells the car uh, privacy mode, the camera covers itself. So it can't see that he has like, like an Xbox type controller. And then he, takes control of the vehicle superseding the programmed stay in formation you know whatever v to v vehicle to vehicle system it's going on and takes over control and like and it's like zooming like yeah. cutting through yeah. traffic so he's but here's my wait before we i want to do a tech i want to do a tech breakdown before you get to the yeah. that part so when he's using what looks like a seriously like a 2005 circa like gaming setup maybe he's a retro collector but is it it's not wireless though right i don't remember if it's wired or wireless i think you're right Kirsten. i think it might actually even be wired Wait, it might is have it like, okay, is it like 
Or is it like, does he plug it into like a cigarette lighter with like a converter? Because you know, <laughs> No, it was, it, he just pulls it out, if it, I remember. So it's like a U, USB probably. So I'm sure, you know, that technology hasn't changed at all in whatever year upload is in. Well, maybe the wireless yeah. interfaces to an, an autonomous vehicle in that year are impossible to hack. So he had to hardwire mm. it. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, right. Maybe the maybe the the wireless controller had a sort of functional safety problem, you know, and they needed because we all know that if you want to hack an autonomous vehicle, it's or any vehicle, it's very difficult. Unless, but if you have direct physical access, like you're in it, I mean, look at Fiat Chrysler, and <laughs> or you could even spoof a you could spoof a wireless controller pretty easily. So, all right, so here he is. He's a coder. He has his vehicle. He tells voice command to the vehicle to turn off the camera. It physically shield. Close to the camera like a like a little eyelid. He pulls out his controller. He takes over control, and now he is doing something that's clearly bad, which is he's speeding at much twice the whatever the formation speed of all the commuters through traffic. You call it bad, Alex. I call okay. it fun. And then here's the and here's where it gets human human driving okay. never dies. So Alex. here's where it gets weird. Yeah. So now he is pulled over by a drone police drone with a okay. female which i think is a great idea by the way well like, first of yeah. all let, let's be serious here if if you had the infrastructure to keep a single brand of identical vehicles in formation at safe speeds to prevent accidents or crashes in the future you could police okay. it remotely yeah, you police it remotely you wouldn't have a drone so then well, well, so actually it was, it was remote. So, so she was located in like a call center, the police officer and the drone was just sort of display. It was yeah. like a, a telepresence like, yeah. drone. Basically. So, but, the dr- but Alex, before we get to the police yeah. thing, hang on, just, I just want to back up just yeah. a second, because I think there's something, you know, what, where I think the real problem with this is, is that it's one thing to talk about an AV in, an AV in the future that has uh, the ability for the human to take control. Again, it doesn't, it's weird that nobody else is doing it since he's clearly like getting to where he wants to go faster than everyone else. Um, and it's not entirely clear if maybe he's hacked his car because he's some, well, clearly some tech bro he's or whatever. Hacked it. I, I think it maybe that's it. But but what's interesting too is not just that he's taking physical control when no one else on the road seems to be doing that, but also on top of that, he's doing it when the when the driver monitoring system functionally is disabled. So 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 to have that combination, to imagine that. 50 years into the future, whenever this is supposed to be taking place, that, you know, human driving is basically eliminated, if not banned. And not only is he able to do it, but he's able to do it with the, with the driver monitoring system disabled. Right. That to me is like hard to imagine an AV designer or any kind of automated drive system designer being like, oh yeah, that, that, that seems right. Like advanced and safe. That's, and that's the but way the thing that. is that these are all Tesla branded. Uh, <laughs> 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 we're not. We want to be clear. They were not Tesla yeah. branded. I was making but a obviously joke. Obviously, only a Tesla would allow you to be dangerous with the DMF. Exactly. That's my point. I mean, if you can, if you can, if you can, like people figured out within what a few weeks that two water bottles in shoved in a steering wheel can, you know, mimic tour control so to keep the automated feature going but even if he could i mean i hate to use the word hack because this is a stupid word covering that's so broad and meaningless even if you could bypass i mean he was typing on the keyboard he was typing on the keyboard very fast alex so clearly he was hacking so let's imagine he could bypass the driver monitoring system 
and take control using a, an old Xbox controller. The automatic, if you had a an Airbus type parallel envelope, you know, safety system, and he it would it would still not allow him to drive the way he was driving because you're you're you'd have multiple backups to prevent dangerous behavior. Your automatic emergency braking and forward collision warning would go off instantly with the maneuvers he was he was committing. So, but even assuming he could get away with all those things and every piece of of, of safety engineering built in could be disabled, which is I don't I, unlikely. Um, he's pulled over by this police officer, and then he says, "I don't know what happened, officer. My vehicle just it was just behaving like that." And the officer says, "Go get it checked." No, no, no. The, the officer was the officer asked the car, oh, yeah. like, what's your story? And the car's like, I don't know. I just kind of like blacked out and like, I'm not sure what happened. So something along those, like, it was like, I, like I fell asleep kind of a thing. So in which case that, I mean, clearly the vehicle should be put into fit would default to fail safe operation and not move because it's, it's capable of hurting people. With the with the kind of as you say with Vita X and, all, and and everything else that seems to exist in this in this future society, like it should be trivially easy for the police to access remote diagnostics, and basically they don't need the the voice assistant of the car to be like, I don't know what happened. Like they would just pull the telemetry, okay. right? So then he says to the car, the owner of the car says, uh, something to the effect of like, uh, "You're my car. Who owns you?" Uh, uh, and then the car is like, "Actually, it's Citibank." Yeah, that, that was hilarious. Right, so it's like, well, yeah, who's making payments? Yeah, who's making, so in <laughs> other words, so the car is not actually owned by a commercial fleet operator, which every sane person on earth today believes will be the initial deployment. Well, no, I don't think that that was. Maybe that person got a loan through Citibank so they could purchase a vehicle from. No, but but his point is, is that is he's that financing he owns the car. He's, he's, right, his personal he ownership. Owns the car. Yeah. But obviously, for autonomous vehicles to be "quote unquote" safe, they have to be presumably constantly updated with maps and data, and operate into the broader unit, broader ecosystem of safety. <laughs> and even oh. sensor sensor calibration, yeah. like like John Kraftchick said on, on when he was on the show, you know, just sensor calibration alone is beyond what anyone would reasonably want to have to do in a private ownership. Yeah, scenario, and the threshold right? for uh, for risk and safety in a have a, a privately owned AV, the like your phone, um, you get software updates on your phone. Right. Uh, you're still the car still connected. That it would have a a potentially fatal flaw in the, the software, and that it was hacked. I mean, that any number of these things would happen would instantly trigger alerts up and down the network. Not to mention all the other vehicles on the road would have seen it. So this would be like a system wide problem, and yet. He just gets back in and keeps going. Um, to me, to me, the really weird thing is, is that it's a privately owned vehicle. So presumably most of the other vehicles are on the road are privately owned. And yet no one wants to own their own vehicle. Every, right. Like right now, like, like we live in a world where, you know, the difference between a Toyota Camry and a Honda Accord and a Nissan Altima and a Chevy Malibu and a Ford Fusion are mechanically they've been benchmarked within a, a millimeter of each other. They're all very, very, very similar cars uh, except for basically exterior styling. And that's still, you know, the market is very much divided between all those things. The idea that we would have like clearly 
you know, the, the idea that your car reflects who you are, if only visually, is something that's very deeply embedded in our society. And the, the idea that we would still have private car ownership and yet have no vestige of that, not even they're all the identical model of car, but people have their, they're all the same color, you know? Greetings, Atonicat Nation. Pardon the interruption. We know you're all anxious to hear the rest of the show, but we need a minute of your time. Actually, Kirsten, we need a few minutes. Okay, fine. Well, let's be clear. We don't need your time as much as your information. You might have heard that we have created a survey. Hold up. Let's provide some context here. What started as a fun side project has turned into something much bigger than we ever expected. And so it's time for us to grow up just a little. And to do that, we need to better understand our audience. We created a survey to do just that. The data fields are mostly optional, but the more you provide, the more you help. Importantly, we will never share your personal information with anyone. Filling out this survey is the most effective way to help us make this podcast everything it can be. So please take a few minutes to visit atonicast.com slash survey and help us understand who you are and how we can improve. Thanks. I want to bring up an important um, piece of of the the same episode, but later. that I don't know if you guys picked up on, but... Um, of course, there's the sex scene that happens in, in the vehicle because you can put shielded privacy on and it's the guy and his girlfriend. Great. So now self-driving cars. And we've, we've seen all the... You forgot the platoon. Don't forget the platooning. Well, no, that's what I was going to bring up. So what I thought was more interesting was that this woman character's vehicle was following them as an empty vehicle. So not only is it that people have personalized vehicles, they all have their own, which means that no one's sharing anything, (laughs) even when they're a couple, except for to have sex. And the other vehicle just follows them around, which means what is traffic going to be like in 20, you know, 45? The same. (laughs) I mean, where's the optimization? No, but it wasn't. It was, it was, it was like, Moving at a at a relatively low speed, all consistently, and yet sort of spaced enough apart that he, when he took manual control, could like weave in between them. Yeah, which is another interesting point because why wouldn't all the other vehicles? I guess they would get out of the way because there was some rogue vehicle coming through. Yeah, but like why wouldn't all the vehicles, as if it's all one provider, <laughs> wouldn't it just like all stop so that they couldn't? This rogue thing couldn't move yeah or or if nothing else that they would all be much more tightly bunched together because right. of the more efficient use of road space they would essentially right. they be were platooning way too far apart. as well because we and we know that the cars have platooning character like capabilities why wouldn't this like the smart management system or whatever that they clearly have like why wouldn't it be saying okay these guys are going to be using the same exit we know this from their destination let's platoon them together and then they're taking up less space on the road like so then you have, uh, so you have the, the the platooning and the sex scene, and then they almost hit a pedestrian, right? Remember that? And then they pull over, and she she's like, "Oh, you're setting. You didn't have it on. Was it? Uh, it's it's protect occupant or protect pedestrian. It's pri- which is also which is a okay. weird dichotomy. So it's prioritized. It's not protect. Prioritized. Oh yeah, prioritized. So by yeah, using yeah. the fact that there's even a choice." suggests that these things are it's the trolley problem Actually, it's, 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 but resolved in it's, advance it's not yes true 
But, but the thing is about the show is that later, when it's revealed to people that he's been killed in a car crash, everyone's like, well, that's impossible. Those things don't crash. That's that's the cultural assumption. But the fact that there is an option to switch the prioritization suggests that they do crash. So And that it's something that like a couple would like have a minor like spat yeah. about. And that is insane. <laughs> like yeah, because it's considered like a completely acceptable disagreement to have. Um why would people be then shocked that someone had been killed in such a car crash? And of course, then you get to the scene. I mean, the scene where the crash occurs is he's going down the road. Um, apparently his girlfriend or fiance, who's not a coder has tampered with his vehicle. <laughs> well, you, so you haven't gotten to the end of it yet. So. Let me guess. She was helped by someone else. Who's a coder. Who's a business partner. I mean, we already get it. Duh. But so apparently an, someone who's a non-expert can be given something by someone who is an expert, a USB key or some other method, get into the vehicle, disable the, every safety. He's in the vehicle. He's going down the road. He tells the vehicle by voice command, um, you know, for override priority, stop the vehicle. It ignores his voice commands. Um, and there is no backup system of any kind. There's no redundancy. The vehicle just, it just hits this, this truck. And so this is a very poorly designed autonomous vehicle. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, no, okay. So, so, so it was tampered with. So in episode two, and by the way, one of my favorite, uh, my favorite parts of the show is Fran, who is like investigating the accident. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's hilarious. And and it's not an accident; it's a crash. It's a crash. Good, you're right. Crash. Yes, okay. it is. And she like, okay, you can write terminology. She goes, I know. Uh, she goes and and in episode two, she goes to like the junkyard with that, which again is also silly because right in this sort of advanced world with, you know, like again, pulling telemetry off of a car should be trivially easy. Um, and when she does like she goes and, and, and like, I get it, it's a TV show. So she goes and she's like talking with the car, like the cop did, which is not what would happen. Right. Um, but but basically, uh, you know, she can tell like the, the car is not able to give her the proper um, information about the crash. And that's how she knows that it was tampered with. And sort of over the course of the series, you know, there's more and more evidence about about who tampered with it and why. But um, but I mean, I think that is like the the way she did it is not. You know, accurate, I guess, <laughs> but I think it is it is worth knowing it. Right. Like. AVs, like even like not, you know, human driven cars today um, are able to retain more and more data um, that then, you know, when there's been an incident, uh, investigators can come in and, and determine either what happened or in this case, if they can't determine what, what happened, they know that something really abnormal happened. Probably someone got access uh, and, and, and tampered with its ability to record or, or at least play back sort of the information that would help them understand what had happened. And again, I, so I think that that is, um, you know, if, if dramatized, you know, in a way that's going to play better in a TV show, um, it is interesting that they do have still sort of these, these investigations, even though you would imagine in a future like that, there would be so much of that data, not just generated, but, but retained and not just on the vehicle, but realistically, probably remotely as well, that they wouldn't need to go through this process. Um, but, 
you know, if you, if you assume, you know, if you take for granted that it has to be dramatized for it to be watchable as a TV show, um, I think it's cool that they do at least do that. And, and so they do, you know, so your initial reaction, Alex, of like, this is just a bad depiction of AVs because it shows that they're like, that they would be on uns- like, clearly something went wrong. And you, you get that by episode two, that, that this is not that the, the car made a mistake, because as you said, there's this cultural expectation that these things never crash. Um, and, and clearly, you know, this is where the, but drama it's not just an isolated from. incident. We find out later. Oh, yeah. I haven't gotten that far. I'm, I'm in episode five. <laughs> do you want to, do you want to explain that Kirsten or are we going to, I think we... Alex should no, watch just the rest of the tell show. Me. I don't care. Well, no, I don't, I don't think I can. No, yeah, let's, we'll, so, so episode five is about half, it's, it's halfway through. So let's, we'll just do another episode where we'll discuss. Uh, do I have to sit through this show? Yeah, you do. Like I'm really bored with like the bro stuff and like he he evolves, his character evolves, Alex. <laughs> I'm not saying it's evolved. the best show just ever, like, but like, like you have bloomed. He also does as well. Yeah. So just give him give him a little Allow- but I will say this. There was um there was a point kind of early on in the in the show where um the angels, the people who are there to help the in virtual the, in group. the digital afterlife, yeah. Right. Um, where the friend is overlooking, looking over her shoulder and he is, he, it's like showing just memory clips and he was in a motorcycle uh, on a motorcycle and the presumption, she goes, Oh, he was an accident and the presumption or crash. The presumption was that it was the motorcycle. Yeah. Not a self-driving car. So that's another thing that where I'm like, Oh, okay. So motorcycles were not autonomous at this time <laughs> even though you could and, build one and you could drive really crazy and do whatever you wanted so there is still some human driving alex to look forward to in this fictionalized version of the future uh yeah and that's good no i believe in human driving the, the thing is you know my time working in the sector has made me increasingly optimistic about autonomous vehicle safety but really not that optimistic about human driving safety because since the COVID pandemic broke out, now I think two states have said they're eliminating road tests to get your driver's license. But I think one backtracked on that because... I hope, was which was it Georgia that backtracked? I think so. It's like, okay, so if... I mean, at some point when um, the critical... Uh, intellectual mass or cultural the zeitgeist of the moment you know learns to trust autonomous vehicle safety as you know surpassing average humans and eventually you're getting a lot better if humans driving is skills are declining over time i mean really declining um it's not like culturally it's going to reach a point where it's just not going to survive because it'll be so obvious um how dangerous people are like if people need to improve their driving skills, not let them evaporate. Yeah. But you know, just like your driving has apparently gotten worse as you've relied more heavily on autopilot, which we addressed in the last show. Yes, we did. Can't you just assume based on current day experiences that event that as there's more and more automation and driver assistance systems and greater capability that driving manual driving, human driving will become the skill set will be depleted. It's already happening. It, it's already happening. No, that's and, what I'm saying. So yeah, yeah, why of is course. that so surprising? Well, not surprised as much as I, I wouldn't have expected the government to accelerate its or hasten its 
a decrement, as Missy Cummings would say. Mm. Like, if people want to this freedom to mean something, because driving is a privilege, not a right. If they want it to to survive at all, then they have to, like everything, make it mean something. This this ties in actually to the the IHS study that we discussed also on the last episode because you know here we were we were and, and Kirsten you rightly pointed out it's this extremely hypothetical argument about you know how many of the deaths that that happen today or road, road crashes rather um, that happen today you know might be solved by AVs in the future and and it's an interesting conversation we can learn from it and 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 all that I I don't think it's it's not worthy of discussion. But like, there's a subtext to this that, or yeah, that that just doesn't get mentioned at all. Which is like, how many of these things, you know, these crashes could we be preventing by having just taking driving more seriously than we do? I've got a headline for you, Ed. Imagine if the IHS report, like, if it's the headline was um, "Drivers Licensing Struggles <laughs> to uh, to Eliminate Most Crashes." Yeah, I mean that's that's. That's the reality. It is. It is. And like, I, I totally understand why people, and I, I feel like, you know, some of that, that study was motivated by the fact that the AV industry does like to throw around the like 94% number or whatever. And by the way, you know, you should listen when people throw that number out. Like a lot of times when they do use it, they're very careful about how they frame it. They don't say it's 90, they say 94% of crashes involved, right? Like most, most, uh, you know, quote unquote accidents, whether they're in a car or not, are a, a cascading failure, right? So like a number of things have to go wrong in order for, for that bad outcome to happen. And, and what, what, what that 94% means is that somewhere in that chain, there was some kind of human decision or, or lack of decision, some, some human action that, that contributed to that, that doesn't mean that humans were the only thing, but, but, but what, you know, and I, I, I understand also that people get frustrated, right? People, A, think that, that the 94% means like, you know, in 94% of crashes, humans make the final ultimate, like one decision that makes all the difference, you know, um, but also sort of putting that argument out there and then sort of using it as a, you know, a pro AV argument. It, it is a pro AV argument, but it's even more so a pro like, come on guys, like let's just take driving more seriously than we do argument. And that, that's way too long of an argument. You need something catchier. Well, that's why Ed is not an advertiser. That's why I'm not an advertising. Yes. <laughs> um, because the simplest message, if you want to, uh, you want to get anyone into any to buy anything an autonomous vehicle to to get into an autonomous vehicle is do you love your family isn't that super bad because the brakes have been checked the tire pressures are correct the vehicle you know all the sensors are clean um it's not going to speed and you don't need to be a rocket scientist haha to know that if you check the list of all the basic safety things that most people ignore on a day-to-day basis you're going to be safer you know what i mean you don't need to but that I mean, that's like a Volvo or a Subaru commercial right now. And it's well, eventually, it's gonna, it's, it's like brushing your teeth and washing your hands. Uh, it's gonna be a health issue, like a basic health issue. Like, well, and I think it's interesting that that Volvo, a, a company that you know clearly their brand is built on safety more than anything else, and more than any other automotive brand, arguably, um, that they have been pushing for these like Volvo Care things, where you're not just buying a car, but you're also buying all of the service and maintenance up front 
because it is such an incremental, uh, such a such an integral part of safety. Um, and uh, in a way, uh, you know, vehicles. I think maybe sort of like software as a service has sort of taken over the you know buying a physical copy of something that you own. Um, and, and a large part of why software as a service has become such a big thing is you know it allows you to to update and and constantly evolve and improve the software in a bunch of ways. But then also you know, when there are security bugs in your software, you know, they're able to patch those remotely and update those um, in that, that software as a service model. And I think that vehicles also, like, it makes sense that they're moving that direction. Now, that's a, a cultural challenge because, you know, again, we have this culture of, you know, I own, I bought this vehicle and it reflects me and it's mine and it's my castle, like my house or whatever, um, and right to repair and a whole bunch of other issues around that. But realistically, like it's hard to work on cars these days anyway. Um, and and because of that complexity that makes it hard for a normal owner to 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 work on or service their car, um, that's also why this sort of you know moving from a, an ownership to a service model is is something that just seems to be happening organically. But let's be clear on this. We're showing two characters that are um, in the show, just to go back to the show for a moment. The two characters are of the wealthier tech bro, you know, upper echelon set. So it doesn't, it's not clear, like the assumption would be based on how they depict everyone else, <laughs> like the other families and stuff, that they would have a shared service. Because, I mean, think about the fact that they like had sex in their personal vehicle. You wouldn't want that in a shared vehicle for obvious reasons. That's a good point. They must have they must have some some good cleaning technology in this future. Yeah. Because they also have that sex suit later where she's able to like oh. have sex oh, with him God. even though he's oh, in the God. virtual thing. Like, what is cleaning that like? And and it's shared, by the way. Yeah, it's shared. That's right. Yeah. Doesn't she rent it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That to me uh, yeah. is. Basically, basically, the more I think about the future, the more I'm like, where are all the startups in the cleaning space? Like everything yeah. in the future is going to need to be between pandemics and like people having sex in, in shared vehicles and, and sex suits and things. There's a lot of, a lot of sex related cleanup in the future. Like of all the things that you would share, there's one area where I would think you would just spring and buy it. And um, that would be the virtual sex suit. Yeah, the, the virtual sex suit. Yeah. Um, um, I wanted, I also wanted to, before we, yeah, yeah. Before we, before we wrap up, I also wanted to, to kind of just, and maybe we should have done this at the beginning, but oh, well, um, I want to talk about like why we're, why we're discussing this um, because like, it's fun, right? It's interesting. Like we've all seen at least parts of the show. It has AVs in it. It's, it's fun to be smarter than the people who made a TV show, but, but that's not really what this is about. Right. Like, like at least for me, the the idea to to, to talk about pop culture stuff came out of um, the poll that we did at Pave, um, which basically I thought showed pretty convincingly, especially the deeper you get into the data, that you know uh, the the sort of fear and mistrust of of AVs comes from um, not really knowing anything about it. Like people who are there's not a lot of people who are well informed about AVs, but don't trust them or or think that they're going to happen or whatever and and you know it's like so okay so if, if someone is, is afraid of something the the joke I, I make is it's like asking people what they think of ghosts right like people might say you know 
you know, if they just, and, and, and this is what made the connection for me was thinking about it this way. It's like, okay, whatever people are going to say about ghosts, it's not going to be based on a real world reality, a tangible measurable reality. It's going to be based on whatever, however they construct a mental model of ghosts. And like the difference could be totally different depending on whether you just recently watched Casper, the friendly ghost, in which case you might think ghosts are friendly and wonderful and great. Uh, or if you actually, and I don't know, I haven't ever watched that. I don't think. Are you using the ghost analogy because ghosts and self-driving cars don't exist? I, for most people, yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, and 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 right, and but if you watch, I can't uh, wait to get all the emails of people who t- are going to be telling me that I'm totally wrong and ghosts, in fact, do exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, they live in the five G towers, Kirsten. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And and so even if you watch a horror movie about ghosts, you know, I don't know, take your pick, right? Like you would think ghosts are bad. And so I think and so so I think my my theory or it's really a hypothesis I guess is that when most people think about AVs, they're not thinking about the kind of stuff that you and I who who actually pay a lot of attention to AVs and AV technology think about. They're thinking about sci- like sci-fi depictions. That's where I think most people learn the most or at least get the information that fills their mental model about AVs. And so I think it's really, it's a, this is a worthwhile topic, I think for, for even a occasionally serious show like ours to be discussing, because I think all of us, I think it's worth thinking about sort of what are those fictional depictions of AVs that stick in your mind and, and how are they shaping how you think about AVs? Because I think it happens to all of us. Well, if it's the upload show, it's a problem. So, so. this is how we should... <laughs> So in closing, though, I would like to go back to a really fun book that we, that Alex received. Oh, yes. And I just hope that this has turned into a movie and maybe we should start reading. Wasn't it just called Autonomous? Remember we did? Uh, oh, yeah. A, I think one or two guests. We, we were going to have like guests like regularly read a passage from this book because it was like a self-published thing or something like that, right? No, no, no. Autonomous was from a major publisher. Oh, was it? We should, you know, something we should bring back Autonomous as a recurring segment and have, and have different people read different sections like every month or so because it is even more hilarious over time. Yeah. Right. Well, and there's lots of, there's lots of good, uh, uh, lots of good, you know, fictional depictions of of AVs that we could discuss. Alex, you and I before we were talking about um, Total Recall, Johnny Cab. That's a great one. Um, I love, I love in that movie where he's like, he's like, like he jumps in, he's like, just drive, and and Johnny Cab won't drive because he hasn't given him a destination. And this is something that actually, I think you, I think I heard your boss talk about this on No Parking that like. In the future, I, you know, the, this is obviously not the number one development priority, but certainly the idea that you could have a sort of not specific, right? That like an AV could be used for, for travel that is not just get me from point A to point B as quickly as possible. Um, that's something that you guys are at least thinking about on some level. You mean random? Like just, just. I'm feeling lucky. Food. I'm feeling lucky. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So in so to close the show, this was like a fun sci-fi episode, but we should definitely talk about it more. Yes. But I I did I did pull up the book, so I thought oh I would God. read maybe two paragraphs. Please do. Wonderful. Now, autonomous is the name of the book, but it's also the what character in a way. It's the vehicle, which is autonomous. Is it written from the vehicle's perspective? 
No, but it's called autonomous okay. and it's capped. So there's there's still space for a like Call of the Wild style. Like, is it Call of the Wild or, or one of those books that's written from the dog's perspective? I can't remember. No, that's that's um, that's uh, the art of racing in the rain. Okay, no, right. there was a like a Jack London or something book too that was. Anyway, go ahead, Kirsten. Please read to us. All right. So William sat cross-legged in the middle of the car and pressed his hand against the front of the bench, where the render lux curved down to meet the floor. A warm red light blinked on at his touch, illuminating a stainless steel fridge. He slid his hand to the right. The red light followed, and a cooler for champagne bottles appeared. He moved his hand along the row of hidden treasures that made autonomous a fully livable space. Espresso machine, minibar, ice cream maker, industrial grade blender, dishwasher, microwave, vintage record player, juice extractor, vitamin dispenser. A 687 comment thread on talk slash driverless speculated that a family of four could survive without leaving autonomous for over a year if the car had been properly stocked. And yet these domestic comforts felt like a nod to William's parents' generation. Convenient and perfectly designed, they would come in handy on an epic road trip, but they barely hinted at the true nature of autonomous. But how big is this car? Yeah. And and how big is its battery or like gas? Like how do you power all that stuff? Right. And also I like that like the 687 comment thread on talk slash driverless. I'm assuming that's like a Reddit. Um, yeah, yeah it like sounds that. like not, not enough comments. Yeah. Like, wow. I mean, it sounds like it would be the size of like a semi. A family of four could live there. For a year? For a year. I, where's the bathroom? What are they eating? Like, where's the shower? <laughs> they have a fridge. The fridge. Uh, if they have champagne, there's got to be like caviar. <laughs> yeah, there's a dishwasher, a microwave, a juice extractor, a blender, I don't and a vitamin dispenser. We obviously need to read the whole book to anyway. learn. That we do. Yeah. And uh, we will continue to read passages um, in the future on uh, maybe not the next, but another episode of the of Atomicast. Feel free to follow Kirsten Korosek on Twitter at Kirsten Korosek on Twitter. Right? Right. Don't, don't, don't DM me about ghosts. Uh, feel free to follow Edward Niedermeyer on Twitter at Tweetermeyer and me. Alex Roy 144 on all platforms. 